a democratic society, every voice counts. We are convinced that everyone has a meaningful story to tell. Our new feature, Voices Matter, is a platform to make your voice heard. On Voices Matter today, my guest is Elise Bali. Hello, Elise. Hello. You are a cuddle therapist and a few months ago you have started to set up your own business here in Luxembourg. You provide cuddle therapy sessions. Yes, I do. For many people, cuddling is something very normal, something that you wouldn't really think about. You just do it or don't do it. If you have somebody to cuddle, you do it. <laughs> Which relevance does cuddling have for you in your life? What does it mean for you? To me, cuddling is really a way I connect to people I'm, I'm close with. Obviously, it will not surprise you if I say I've always been big on cuddling, <laughs> even before um, discovering that you could do this professionally. And especially now that I am more informed about the scientific background, the, the, the general relevance of platonic touch for human beings as a species, really, I noticed at some point that I started to categorize the periods of my life also according to whether cuddling or not was a thing I did at that time or whether there was like the possibility of really sharing that physical affection. When I was young, there was sadly a period where that was not the case. And at the time, I did not fully understand why, why I was feeling sad or why like I had trouble connecting with people. It, it didn't last so long. But now I am convinced that it was the absence of cuddling that made it that way. Um, there's kind of a chicken and egg problem in these cases. Uh, you start isolating yourself a little bit because people don't seem that friendly. But then because you started isolating yourself, that worsens the problem, actually. And like cuddling and just physical affection to me is just one essential component of being intimate with someone else that is separate from romantic intimacy in my eyes. And it is important for me to stress that this is not the major or the, the only component. I think I actually know that some relationships can lack certain essential aspects, even though the two people may be cuddling. Uh, it's not the end-all, be-all, magical remedy of relationships in general. <laughs> But it is one component that gets neglected a lot in public discourse, in our society, that is very technology-driven. So I talk about my job with people I don't always know that well, just to spread awareness and just to give people a space to like, oh, this is actually a thing human beings need. That's true. I haven't thought about that for a while, but it is essential. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. How do people react normally if you tell them about what you do? Mm, usually very positively. They get it. I do have to say that <laughs> women get it a bit more than men or whenever I have reactions that are like, oh, but Could this not turn sexual, maybe? Or could this not? It's usually men. But men tend to also be very understanding and positive about it. And in your 
personal environment do you get the amount of cuddling that you need? <laughs> people maybe does everybody in your personal private uh, environment understand that? Uh, you mean do I also cuddle with people non-professionally? Uh, with friends, yes, yeah, and more so since starting to do it professionally because <laughs> it just like people feel more comfortable about reaching out to me as well and it has happened more than once now that which didn't happen before that a friend who was going through something really difficult that week or that weekend reached out to me and just asked please can we just like cuddle for an hour can I just go <laughs> and I was so happy that they felt comfortable enough to express that need I think in our society, people generally feel uncomfortable about expressing this type of need. So if you have cuddling sessions as a cuddle therapist, you offer sessions. Um, how does such a session go? What do you do during an hour? <laughs> okay, so sometimes it, it lasts longer than an hour. Depends on the, the person's preferences. What happens... So if it's a first session, obviously first I, we talk, like what are they comfortable what, with, what not, um, why do they seek this out? It hasn't happened so far, but if the person makes me uncomfortable or I think that they may not be here for the right reasons, I can obviously refuse to have a session with them. If they do not trust me, also they should not have a session with me. But so, yeah, like we start really slowly, usually just like holding hands. Um, although some people, even really nervous ones, uh, notice quickly that, oh, actually, I'm more comfortable than I thought I would be. This is nice. Let's just like, <laughs> let's let's jump in. Uh, but so it can evolve um, for you to get a visual. Mm, like they they lie on their back and I just like kind of nestle myself against them for example that would be like a good way to start or um, I sit upright on the bed and they just nestle against me or like they like lie on their back against my chest things like that and very quickly like at 10 or 15 minutes in of that hormonal changes start to take place that make people very relaxed And the, the the cuddling then sort of takes care of itself. Um, it's really funny because like the major obstacle to to <laughs> not obstacle to cuddling during a session is like oh my arm has sort of gone numb or oh I need to move my head or my neck. <laughs> also, it's quite funny because um, body size relative to each other also influences the experience and what you can do and, and what feels good. So there are all these little f funny little aspects that you, you, yeah, that make you change position and like, get more comfortable. <laughs> and obviously, like I haven't mentioned this, but starting regular cuddle therapy or even doing just one cuddle session is also kind of an exercise in asking feedback and asking for consent, right? Even though I, like some clients are very touch starved, as we say, they haven't cuddled in a very long time. And then like they just they just want to receive whatever I have to give or they just like, it's okay, like you don't have to ask for consent. <laughs> I trust you, just go ahead. 
but some people are a lot more nervous, uh, which which is totally understandable as well. Everyone has their own story, and there um, you just ask, oh, is is it okay if I do this? Um, does this feel good? Would you prefer something else? And a certain type of client really, really appreciates that, especially um, men or women who have had negative experiences around consent and around like having the rights to assert their their needs. Mm, I feel like here in Luxembourg, people, well, many people are kind of prude <laughs> and keep their feelings and all what's considered private, keep it in the private sphere. Mm. Um, how do you, um, how does it that work here in Luxembourg? And you mm. learned, mm. you had a training in Germany, in Leipzig, where mm. at least in my experience, people are way more open, I'd say. Mm. Um, do you see this difference? Hmm. So one of the things I researched when I started this was like, okay, how is there any data in Luxembourg on how many people feel lonely uh, every day or, or every two? And it's around 10 to 12 percent of the population, according to the data I read, that, that say that they generally feel very lonely or isolated. I think this is a combination of two things. Luxembourg is quite unique in that obviously a lot of um, expats move here and they are single and in our society still now most people would only seek um, this type of physical affection from a romantic partner really and they would not feel comfortable asking this from friends especially not men there's a large population that's single and that could fall easily into a lonely state. Uh, we saw this during the pandemic as well. Uh, so there's that. And yes, there's also the, <laughs> I call it the, sort of the, the traditional European legacy <laughs> around, I don't know, I feel like everyone in school sort of learned that the basic needs of human beings are food and sex, right? Like there's food and then there's sex and... Uh, actually, <laughs> if a human baby is not touched platonically, they will not grow the way they should and they might actually die from the neglect. Touch is in our DNA, really. And when you look at the species that are closest to us, like highly intelligent primates, they touch each other affectionately throughout the day very regularly and in traditional european culture of course it depends on the countries and you find some friendship groups where the customs may have evolved to include more touch and like there, there's a lot of variancy but generally speaking scientists who compare cultures count european culture as like medium to low contact like with acquaintances with casual friends would people touch them this is very culturally defined for example in south america it would be common to to to, to just like share small shoulder touches small arm touches and no one would think this was sexually meant uh, this is not the case in luxembourg <laughs> which means that people are a lot more careful around like touching someone casually they don't want to it to be misinterpreted 
But there are now many, many studies that that show that physical affection is not just good for our physical health. It also makes us more self-confident, more curious. Um, children, especially when they are regularly touched versus when they're not, it clearly shows. Uh, so there, there would be many arguments to sort of uh, have the culture evolved in like, you know, but it's it's a difficult thing to negotiate these boundaries because once people are uncomfortable around touch, of course, you need to respect that. But I think you can do both. I think you can sort of try to make the culture evolve to include more platonic touch, especially with friends. That should be normal and even cuddling. Also, children need to be aware and everyone needs to be aware that they have the right to just gently tell someone oh, I would prefer not to be touched, not right now, not today, or and have the other not be rejected or make it a weird thing. Like openly asserting your needs, your boundaries is so important. And many people feel like they cannot do that. But you can do this at the same time as you become aware of like, oh, right, I, I do need touch, not just sex. I just like like physical affection and it's not sexual. So, oh, yeah, right. I, I also have that need. Yeah. You call yourself a cuddle therapist. Mm. So therapy for me and therapist, um, for me, it rings the bells of psychotherapy and mm. Uh, mm. years of studying mm. psychology mm. and stuff. Why have you chosen this word, therapy, therapist? Mm. Yeah, so in the French language, for example, there's only one word, calinotherapeut. There's no alternative. So you have to call yourself a therapist. <laughs> Uh, in English, you have the option of just saying you're a professional cuddler. For me, these two terms are interchangeable. And of course, like I, I always clearly say, okay, I have, I have not studied psychology at a university. I have no credentials to give anyone like advice on like specific psychological issues. But I, I do confess that I prefer the term cuddle therapy just because I want people to be aware that culling can be very therapeutic and that it can be a healing experience and that for some people turns out that this was what they needed um, and they have been in psychotherapy for some time and somehow the breakthrough never happened. Then they discover this and they notice like, oh my God, yes, this... <laughs> I have accumulated touch hunger for years, really. And, oh, okay, like regular cuddle sessions are exactly what I need. That's why I use the term cuddle therapist. Okay. Thank you, Elise, for sharing all about the Cuddler's Corner, which is mm -hmm. the name mm -hmm. of your activity, of your <laughs> yes. business, mm -hmm. where you offer a cuddle therapy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> This was Voices Matter. At RICT Radio, we are convinced that every voice matters. Yours as well. If you want to share your story, contact us at listeners at ara.lu or via RICT Radio social media channels.